it's not very theological, and it certainly is in the gospel, but I've often wondered what it would be like for that poor beggar to be sitting there. Jesus comes up to him, and the beggar hears, <laughs> Not as man sees, does God see, because man sees the appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. These are the words that were spoken to the prophet Samuel by God. And we see them being played out in our gospel text. You know, on a gospel like this, we very often focus on the miracle. Understandable. But if we are attentive, the gospel text reveals there were other forms of darkness that Jesus wanted to illuminate. There was the darkness of the disciples' judgmental mentality. From their perspective, the blind man suffered blindness because either he or his parents sinned. It was commonly believed that punishment for one's sins or those of one's parents or those of a family member in an earlier generation would fall either on the sinner or on a descendant. Why do people think like that? We need to make sense of this universe we live in. We demand explanations when bad things happen. And when we don't get any, we'll create them. The truth, however, is there is one overarching explanation for the mystery of suffering. We are fallen creatures living in a fallen universe and bad stuff happens even to good people. And so Jesus began the process of trying to infuse light into his disciples' darkened minds, telling them neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so the works of God might be made visible through him. Human suffering is not the will of God. But God can and he does use our suffering to manifest his love and compassion and to call from us love and compassion for the one who suffers. There was the darkness of confusion among the man's neighbors. They had known the blind man all his life, seeing him day after day sitting and begging. Now that he could see, isn't it interesting they didn't recognize him? Why is that? Human darkness is always trying to keep people in their place. That's for our own comfort zone. I knew a woman who had been sober for over 20 years. And still, people had to refer to, or refer to her as that drunk. I knew people who deliberately tried to sabotage a loved one's recovery from an addiction or dealing with a mental illness because they did not want to accept and adapt to a new person. I knew people who would sabotage their own progress 
because they preferred their lives the way they were, even if they were sick and destructive. We do not accept change very well, especially when it calls for us to make changes in our own lives. There was the darkness of fear in the man's parents as they were interrogated about their son. They answered the questions, but with reservation, knowing they could be expelled from the synagogue if anyone acknowledged Jesus as the Christ. Imagine the roller coaster of emotions these parents had. The joy that their son, born blind, can now see. Hope for his future has been restored. The excitement they must have had at the thought that he could get work, maybe marry, have his own family. And all of those moments of joy were tainted by fear. You know, fear is a darkness that can paralyze us, make us want to lay low, stay under the radar, especially in those critical moments when it is so necessary for us to speak out. There was the darkness of rigid religious orthodoxy. The clay that Jesus made to smear on the man's eyes was made on a Sabbath, a work which the Pharisees interpreted as Jesus violating the Sabbath. The Pharisees declared to the man born blind and to all who were present, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. In the second interview with the man born blind, the Pharisees went even further. Give God the praise. We know that this man, referring to Jesus, is a sinner. It is ironic that they wanted to give God praise when in fact they were doing the very opposite. And as they clung to their darkness, their anger at anyone that challenged their authority intensified. You know, fear and anger very often go hand in hand, creating an even deeper darkness. What we fear, we distrust. What we distrust, we justify hating. And what we hate, we try to get rid of or destroy. The man who could now see would not be silenced. He saw through the Pharisees and he took them on. He had no theological training to dispute with them, but he had what they did not, a profound experience of divine mercy, the indwelling of divine light, and he boldly stated if this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. The Pharisees represented that aspect of Judaism that for centuries hoped for, taught, expected the coming of Meshua, Messiah. They were the ones who were best able to recognize his coming. But it was their own rigidity that was their undoing. Their temple, their theology had become self-reverential. That is, always pointing inwards to the self, not to God. Keeping the Gentiles out when they should have been inviting them in. 
the man born blind began to see the truth while the seeing Pharisees chose to become blind. Darkness cannot tolerate light. It will either flee from the light or destroy or expel the light. And here, the Pharisees expelled the man. In our baptism, we were enlightened by Christ, the light of the world. But are there forms of darkness that we prefer to remain in? We were not designed to be creatures of the darkness. We were designed to be creatures of light. And Christ doesn't want any of us to be ensnared in any form of darkness.